0: Welcome back to the White, Gray, Black Weekly Manga Podcast. My name is Bruce, the producer of the White, Gray, Black YouTube channel. With me again this week is Gautam. What's up? This is a podcast where we talk about all the latest releases in Japanese manga. And since you are listening, you get to be a part of this crazy little manga book club. Thank you for being here. This week, we are talking about One Piece, Chapter 1085, which was Buck Wild. Sakamoto Days, Chapter 120, which has been on a roll for the past, I don't know, since the beginning and magical magic and muscles chapter 157 exciting shonen stuff today
1: it has been a good one.
0: Before that let's do a quick little segment on the news only a couple of minor uh news segments here uh I read a leak on Twitter, disclaimer, it is a leak, of course, that states that Studio Shaft will be adapting Fire Force Season 3, which is absolutely cool, because Fire Force is awesome. And Shaft is a great studio, and I think Fire Force fits them really well.
1: Uh, yeah. I I, I thought, oh, I I haven't seen all of Season 1 of Fire Force, but, uh... I thought David did a great job, too. I
0: I also thought... That, that is my one worry, is I thought David did a really good job with it. The action stuff in there is, like, man, some of the best of the years they came out, like, for sure. Probably some of the best of the last five years. And so it's exciting. I Shaft style... I'm a sucker for Shaft style. Bakumana Guitar is one of my favorite things ever, and I love everything that Shaft has done, so...
1: I, I think they're great, too. They're, like, one of the, the big ones. Like, the big studios that I, I feel like doesn't miss very often. And I only bring up David is because I, I think their fire animation was so fucking good. It's, I I I mean, yeah, this,
0: uh, I believe that David Production and a lot of the people who worked originally on the first two seasons of Fire Force were from Shaft or sort of Shaft adjacent. Um, but yeah, Shaft is like, Shaft takes something like, um, God, what was it? Like Nisekoi, right? Like mm-hmm. Nisekoi is your, like the, uh, the most middle of the road, uh, generic harem anime. You could guess the ending, you know, exactly how stuff's going to play out. Now it's like the characters were good, the girls were good or whatever. And like the anime version of that that Shaft did, like elevated that a lot. And I think made Nisekoi way more popular than it would have been with a, with a lower tier studio. So
1: I I feel that way about so many things. Um, yeah, Demon I mean, they Slayer also did... being one of them as well.
0: What what being one of them?
1: Uh, Demon Slayer like with uh, right right uh, with UFO a UFO table.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. I really liked Shaft's um, March comes in like a lion. That's another series that I think the anime sort of rose to the occasion of what's a really really good manga, really well respected, and like yeah, it's it's very hard to take something. <clears throat> To take something that well regarded in a manga that's kind of a slow, interpersonal type thing and make it make the anime just as good. And March Comes in Like a Lion is really, really good. So,
1: yeah, I, I hear. I, I definitely have to watch that at some point. Yeah,
0: I and is the pretty much the only thing that had me interested in the um the Ruby anime that came out. Was that
1: last year? Uh, oh, yeah, Land of the Lustrous. Yeah, yeah Shaft did that.
0: No, 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 like RWBY, the three d oh. animated. Uh, Rooster Teeth thing. There's an anime series, mini series. I don't know if it tells a story of our that was seen in the Western version or not. It's called like Ruby Ice Kingdom. Um, is a spin spin off of Ruby, but uh, like I'm interested in that because Shaft is like really good. So
1: I I guess I'm not because I I don't think Ruby has ever caught caught me. You know, like e- even the seasons that are supposed supposedly good. Uh, never sparked my interest, so I don't Ruby know. Ruby has the same,
0: very... Ruby to me has the same issues as My Hero Academia does, where it's like, the character design and the sort of styling and the action stuff in Ruby is all like really pretty, especially the character design, I will say, in Ruby is like really, really exceptionally good, and then the writing behind it just is...
1: Yeah, like it, it's like, off, I don't know. Like
0: anywhere between unreadable to not very good. Like It's just, yeah. yeah. I watched I think two I or three it. seasons of it. You know, it was just a time where I had that kind of time and yeah, it did not stick with me very much. Uh a little bit of sales stuff because we have hit um we've hit sort of the 6th month mark even though we're at the end of May. Technically the sales uh what it, how am I going to say this? The Manga industry tracks sales starting at the end of November, so they're kind of like a month ahead of the new New Year. So, from November twenty-first to May twenty-first, we have some rankings of the top, uh, the top volume sales of the year. A pretty predictable list, I would say. Uh, one Piece volume one hundred five is the best-selling, uh, the best-selling volume for that for the last six months, the 1.7 million copies, Jujutsu Kaisen volume 21 and 22 are both two and three, both at about a million and a half, um, below that Spy Family volume 11, these are all the most recent volumes, I believe, um, about 1.2 million, Tokyo Revengers 31, that's the last volume of Tokyo Revengers, I believe, coming in at 850k, my Hero Volume Thirty Seven at seven hundred fifty, and then Chainsaw Man Thirteen again, most recent of those two volumes at about seven hundred k. So,
1: well, cool. I, I, I feel like I'll very, jump. very expected, right?
0: Yeah, nothing super surprising here at all. It's the you know, the most recent volumes of all the most popular jump properties. So, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Uh, what I, more did you ask for? I, I guess like you know, usually I, I root for the underdog. Uh, and you know I, I I feel very eat the rich about most huge companies making making more money, mm-hmm. but watching one piece dominate the market is is just great for me. I, I feel good, good about that one yeah
0: that is I mean it's the yeah there's to me there's kind of like two levels there's like there's stuff that is really popular, and then it's like and the cream of that really popular stuff will rise sort of another level above. Um, yeah, the examples I give of this are like the dark Knight, like that is a superhero movie kind of right before, during the sort of rise of superhero movies. And it's widely regarded as one of the best ones, if not the best one. And it really is one of, if not the best, like movie with a superhero in it. So Uh, that one piece, um, you saying you don't agree?
1: No, no, no. I completely agree.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Um, and then the other one is like uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, essentially, is like.
1: They, they I think
0: that it. really is a step above a lot of other anime and manga. So it's like, does it deserve to be there, kind of in that number one spot? Yes. Yeah. So cool. Um, one more little sales thing, because this is interesting. That was the volume top sales. So here are actually the series top sales in the past six months, which shows a little bit of a different picture. Blue Lock is at number one place here. Uh, which again is because anime comes out, all of the historical, the um, historical manga volumes sell, and it's been selling. I mean, Blue Lock's been top ten almost every week. We've top started the podcast, which has been we started the podcast on three weeks or so before uh, end of November. So Blue and Lock got at number one. IRL
1: surge for it too, right? Like with the uh, what is it? With the, the World Cup? Yes. World Cup.
0: Yeah, World Whatever. Cup anime. Yeah, perfect perfect storm for Blue Lock. Um yeah, Blue Lock selling a grand total of eight million volumes. Uh volume copies sold. Uh Chainsaw Man, actually number two. Again, Chainsaw Man had a uh anime kind of end during this time or airing during this time. Pretty understood there. Slam Dunk, actually at number three. Um, we talked about that, you know, a couple months ago. Slam Dunk had the new movie. Um yeah. A bunch of other stuff, Jujutsu Kaisen, and then it's Jujutsu Kaisen, One Piece, Spy Family, Tokyo Avengers, which ended, My Hero, which is always popular, Oshino at nine, which is that's um, would probably be ranked even a little bit higher if we extended maybe another month, uh, and then Kingdom at number ten. So,
1: Kingdom, which will have my infinite curiosity because I probably still someday. won't read it by next time we talk.
0: Yeah, someday. I yeah. I don't know. Looking, it's hard. It's hard enough to get people to start one piece. It is exceptionally hard to already read one piece and then say, Hey, read another seven hundred chapter thing also with how I mean how difficult it is trying to go through something like well, not difficult, um like I'm reading Monster right now, and that's yeah. you know hundred and sixty chapters or so, and it's like, man, if I do ten chapters a day, like that's pretty good, and that's you know usually not getting that much, but so yeah, reading seven hundred it's a lot
1: it's it's a hard pitch, I get it,
0: yeah. Um, let's see, one, oop, zoom out, um, Shueisha is going to launch a vertical scrolling manga service called Jump Tune next year, I'm assuming this is Japanese only, um, this is essentially Shueisha, I don't know if they are going, I mean, I, I have a lot of questions about this, I guess is what I'll start with, um, this could be, Manga and Shueisha sort of expanding into the manhwa format, right? The sort of single, single long scrolling image comic format. Um, mm-hmm. This could also be Shueisha looking to buy Korean rights to manhwa and bring those over and publish them on their app. It's kind of in the same way that they sell their rights to to Viz and people in the West to publish. Uh, I don't know what angle they're they're choosing here. This they could have original. Um, my guess is this is either. They see that a lot of the online comic publications are going in this way, are going to the sort of single line manhwa style, and they want to snatch some of those up and, you know, own the market as early as possible in Japan and elsewhere, or they want to do it to, you know, partner with Korean publishers and get the popular Korean manhwa over and you know push them to Japan that way. So, I don't think this will affect us over here in America too much.
1: Uh, we've already seen kind of collaboration with like Tower of God and all that stuff. Uh, it, Korean manhwa getting animated by Japanese studios. Right, so yep. I, I can see some strong collaboration there. Because honestly if you think about it, even in the West it's money on the table because our only kind of well, one of our few official Korean apps that is mainstream is Webtoon. Webtoon and yeah. I think it is a, I think Webtoon is just okay. So I feel like someone like Jump who has the best translators, the the best editors, the best typesetters, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the most money can,
0: in general. Yeah,
1: exactly. The most the, the most capital to kind of leverage uh, leverage talent. I, I feel like they could capitalize on just a system to bring k manga everywhere.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll be really interested to see to see what angle this is coming from. Just because again, uh-huh. this is the biggest manga publisher branching out into a new. Angle. I mean, this is this is similar. If um, Marvel or DC said we're going to open a branch that does that does manga style comics, or we're going to open a branch that does manga, and not giving much more details of okay, is that you're buying manga from Japan? Is that you're publishing your own manga? Is it you're buying you know already published manga and, and doing it? So um, curious to see where this goes.
1: I, and I think they're they're already dipping their toes with what, what you're going to bring up next and. Also, mm-hmm. like you know, Deadpool Samurai. It's bizarre that I've read Deadpool Samurai and Spider Man Red over an official volume of Deadpool or Spider Man. Um, so I, I think there's like promise there. There's there's a market not only in Japan but outside of Japan for people who like manga.
0: Yeah, I mean for sure the and you're right the the, the very next the last news thing we're going to talk about very much goes into this. But I think more and more. I think Shueisha is smart enough in in this regard to know that comic readers have way more overlap than I'm trying to like it's hard to even compare it to something else right I mean like I grew up on western comics and it's one of the reasons I feel like I slid so easily into manga right is that I I grew up reading Reading Batman and Detective Comics and the Archie con- Sonic comics, which were really good. I, for, that's what like, I was going to
1: say too. I, I grew up reading all of the Archie comics. Uh, yeah,
0: I mean, and I would bet that especially people kind of in our age range, in late, or What are we? What are we? Late millennials, mid millennials. I have no um, idea. People who had con- you know Western comics popularized and you know had. I was born a year after Batman 1989 came out you know Batman was huge Batman animated series was published Spider-Man animated series was there Justice League like comic book heroes and comics were a big part of me growing up and not that they necessarily fell from grace but something about the manga I mean we've we've talked a little bit in the past episodes and in some of our specials about why why we think manga has sort of quote unquote overtaken western comics as as true depending on which uh which metric you use there um but yeah, I think, I, you I, age, I think you're it's right.
1: Symmetric. I think in today's age, it, manga is more popular with younger people. That is and true, I, yes. And it, I'll end the tangent here, but I, I think the whole reason behind that is just accessibility. But, and kind of how the story, like, there's no resets in manga. It's just a linear story. Um, well,
0: and that's my biggest thing. I mean, just just yeah. personally for me, I like reading a contained story with an ending or at least a promise of an ending. Um, And reading serialized, you know, Batman, whatever, you don't really get an ending. You get kind of a bunch of story arcs and then they will reset it or they'll do something else. And there's the crossover stuff is difficult to keep track of and all that jazz. But anyways, all of that to say, I think Shueisha sees the appeal of Korean manga format, the manhwa format, the sort of single vertical scrolling Manga and says, hey, you know, if we can get, you know, 60% of our, uh, you know, black and white, single page, two page manga, you know, flip page, whatever whatever you want to call it, right, standard manga style publications, we get them reading vertical, they'll read both, right? This is not a thing where people are only going to consume one or the other. Uh, I mean, I know, like, I, for instance, I have Web2 downloaded on my phone. And I don't read a whole lot of them. That's more because I have not found any that are to the quality level that I think I would appreciate. Uh, I've only read a couple of manhwa.
1: Um, but, but speaking of uh, like Western comics and mm-hmm. kind of Marvel pushing into manga, uh, uh, tell us about what we tell us about the next topic because I think yeah. That so this is, is this is what we were referencing bizarre. earlier.
0: Um, <laughs> So the the pair who brought us My Hero Academia Vigilantes, which you and I are both huge fans of, uh, Court the artist, and Hideyuki Furuhashi, uh, the writer, they are coming back together with a spinoff manga for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, and it's called Spider-Man Dr. Octopus Girl. (laughs) And it starts on June 20th. This (laughs) is the story about Doc Ock. It's, I mean... Manga have almost never had good titles, Uh, but this is a story about Doc Ock getting trapped in the body of a high school girl. It shouldn't work, but these two are a really good pair. Um, Betancourt, I love their art, and Furuhashi's a good writer. I mean, Vigilantes was great. Vigilantes is miles better than the base My Hero Academia, so
1: yeah. I can't wait to see Doc Ock just be a weird nerd in high school, you know? like One of these people who, d- who just don't get humor or relationships, he's just like, science. Uh, but yeah, in high I, school girl's body. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm very curious to see what this is like. I mean, we'll find out, I guess, in three weeks or so here. Um, yeah. I wonder, I hope we get this, this simul pub from chapter one. Uh, I, I kind of feel like we will. We should, if they're smart, they will.
1: Um, Relate, related, by the way, uh, do you remember when Obama switched bodies with a high school girl in air gear? <laughs> What? <laughs> no. You, you you have to pull that up real quick because it is it is very funny.
0: I see a version of Barack Obama appeared in Air Gear, John Omaha, President John
1: yeah. Omaha. Yeah,
0: is this what you're talking about?
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, he switches body with a high school girl, and okay. um, uh, and the high school girl is in Obama's body. Yeah, it's it's wonderful.
0: That's. And Obama's
1: very jazzed about it. It's hilarious.
0: (laughs) Oh, God. Who... What is Air Gear? Uh, Oh, it's Oh, Great. Okay, yeah. Oh, the Oh, Great Artist. Yeah, who did Bakamori Guitar? Okay.
1: Oh, is Uh, it the same artist?
0: Yes. Oh, yeah. Written by him, too, also.
1: So, I guess. Air Gear is great.
0: I really like. Oh, great! He's he's fun on Twitter, and I mean his his Bacamone guitar art is absolutely amazing. So,
1: uh, yeah, uh, cool. It's, it's a good series. Check it out.
0: Yeah. All right. That's it for the news. Let's get on with our discussions. All lead Honestly, off. Honestly, we on have a lot to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we, <laughs> just let's talk about just in One Piece. Uh, we. I have promised, just as a rule, to not talk about One Piece more than once a quarter. Uh, This will be our second quarter discussion of One Piece. Um, The last one was back in, I don't know, February maybe? So about three months out. Um, Yeah, because we could spend probably the whole chapter there. But let's start with Sakamoto Days, which is we had the... I would assume, I think, this was labeled as the last flashback chapter. I think it was called a final. Um, Boy, I... Let's just talk about the flashback sort of arc in general, because it was maybe seven or eight total chapters. What a good flashback. It was great. Two, I, two really good flashbacks happening at the same time, Dan to Dan and Sakamoto Days. There's a lot of bad flashbacking in in anime and manga, and these two are some of the best I've seen. I have seen.
1: I can think of like three series where flashbacks always hit, and I can throw Sakamoto Days in one of them now. I think yeah. uh, One Piece and Dandadan Dan have have that art mastered.
0: <laughs> yeah, One Piece is very good. I the flashbacks to the Ishvalan War in Full Metal Alchemist are also some of the others that I think are really really good. Um, but yeah, this is so. Another thing that I love here, just on this page in general, is the artistic audacity to just say, "Oh yeah, you know, I've got a limit of probably what twenty four or twenty three pages." The first page is just a blank white page with the title. That's like, I love that so much. Part of my like sim like my uh, so I simplistic style, kind of basic, no frills type stuff. That's kind of I'm very much that style of person. Um, and just giving you a white page with a title on it, leading into like a very dramatic uh, engagement afterwards. I like I love this. It's it's so weird to be talking about how much I literally love the choice of the artist to not draw anything on a blank page except for the title, but like this hits so hard for me to just be like blank page, the next page is literally I killed Rihanna Cow." It's like that is so impactful.
1: And that is the majority, like that, this is like one of the few lines in the, in the chapter. There's like a few more, mm. but it is all action.
0: Yeah, I bet there's like maybe a 100 words total in this chapter. Um, like probably not even, but yeah, I mean, this is, and this is maybe not one of the greatest fights, but because the flashback did such a good job at developing the characters and we have heard, um, talk about Rion from her, is it niece, right? Niece. Yeah. 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 Cause it's her aunt. Yeah. So, um, that, that, and then as we'll see in these, in these upcoming pages, the sort of style this sort of dramatic like this is an action panel that is clearly about the two character like the two characters fighting and that's uh, like okay of course it is Bruce that all action things are about two people fighting but like there's a lot and we can't see every page of it obviously but there's a lot of close-ups of faces while this is happening and um Sakamoto who's generally like pretty and uh, pretty kind of emotionless, a, a character that's kind of who his character is. Um, you can see in the bottom panel here, like he he seems much more kind of visibly like angry and perturbed, showing more emotion than average uh, in this fight. And that's like I know
1: exactly what you're saying. This yeah. is the most personal fight in the series. The rest of probably yes yeah. is probably impersonal, right? But this one's yeah. I, I see what you mean.
0: Very much. This is an assassin who you know, does not care to explain and has kind of, knows that he sealed himself in a fight he can't win and a guy who's like, okay, let's fight, I'm here for revenge. Yeah, it's it's amazing. There's also this, uh, this is one of, the, uh, man, when we talk about Sakamoto Days, you talk about how good the fight choreography is, and this fight, again, does not let down. You're always gonna get at least one or two cool things. I mean, first of all, the bad guy, um, he's not called Slur yet, what is his name now? Uh...
1: Oh, I shit, I don't remember. I don't know. The we'll Slur.
0: the bad yeah, guy. Slur. He's got this cool whip sword. He's essentially got. Um, Do you ever play Soul Calibur?
1: Yeah. He's Ivy. got
0: uh, yeah. Ivy's weapon. Yeah, which is like a sword that becomes this like whip chain sword. Which again is just like. I, when's the last time you saw a whip sword in an action manga? Like, I think it probably appeared in Sakamoto Days like a year ago. <laughs> That's probably the last time anyone has seen one.
1: Um, yeah, I, I can really really think of Bloodborne in Castlevania. Yeah, like Bloodborne no
0: Castlevania, Soul Calibur. Yeah, it's... Yeah. But I love this so much I had to put it in here, but the whip sword gets wrapped around uh, Sakamoto and then he slips out of his jacket. This, this is the stuff that I read Sakamoto days for. It's like, what wild and crazy thing are they gonna do? And again, like, you'll notice in, again here, like two pages later, again, we get close-up shot of the face on both of the characters. Like, this is... You put, it, you put it with the correct words. This is a very personal fight. This is a very climactic fight. This is what I have preached in the past about lining up your climactic battle with your climactic character moment. Um, when both of those hit at the same time, they are both elevated. And Sakamoto Days did that excellently. This is clearly the end of the arc. This is the climax fight. And it's also the climax of these two characters coming to a head. So, I mean, it's just... It's just perfect. It's just great. This is just excellent, excellent writing and and choreography and everything.
1: And here's one thing I love. Uh, scroll back one. So, audio listeners, in this one, uh, Sakamoto gets wrapped around with the whip. And he, in one panel, he moves his right arm, just like it, it, there's motion lines on it. And which foreshadows in the very next panel his over-the-top move that he does where he wraps the chain around his arm and his jacket, uh, which is really not necessary for the action to be as good as it is, but it just adds, I don't know. This is why this guy's such a great action choreographer. I mean, legitimately, this is... Small things adding up.
0: Yeah. Legitimately, Sakamoto Days, I think, is, like, uncontested the best action choreography I have ever seen in any comic. Like, Like, unquestionably cool. It's maybe not necessarily the best action paneling. Like, I would still probably give that to Murata just for like clarity of what you're conditioning. But you're absolutely right. I, I didn't even notice that, right? I didn't even mm-hmm. notice the, uh, he's moving his arm. And then when he slides out of the jacket, it's still around his arm. Because then, yeah, the next thing he does, I'm like, yeah, next thing he does is he, he fucking yeets him. Yeah. Like, if he yeets him through the ceiling, which again is this awesome thing. But man, I'm, I'm still focused on like, look at Sakamoto's face in this top right panel. Like, that is a, like, that is a different, that feels like a different face than we usually see Sakamoto make. That feels more angry and resolute than, than standard. I think, like, Sakamoto showing those more emotions is, like, much, is, like, so impactful because he's usually such a stone-faced, kind of unemotional-type type character. Yeah.
1: So. Um. Speaking of this arc in general, I have loved, I feel like it's developed Sakamoto so much, it, mm-hmm. without him saying barely anything, this whole arc. Uh, he, he's... Just this, like, kind of a dumbass uh, who has monstrous strength, and not—he's not really technically proficient in anything, but improvisation, you know. He's yeah, like, and he's a master at that. Yeah, so, I mean, I
0: think literally yeah. they—I mean, uh, one of the was it Rion maybe who mentioned was like, "Oh, I think I could yeah. beat this person to fight." But like, could you beat Sakamoto fight? It's like, well, if we were both completely naked, yes. If he had anything, he could he could do improvisational fighting with I lose. That's like, yeah. And that's so cool cool. that it's like, that's so organically developed throughout the series that like, you wouldn't really think of it as like his specialty superpower really like until this arc. And it's weird because you, he is throughout the series, they fight, all these people with like, oh, this guy's specialty is he's got, you know, he's he's a poisoner. He's got poison things. This guy's a movie maker and he fights with like a sharpened, you know, clacker. Or all, everyone all has these all weird niche like specialty ways of fighting. Oh, this guy's a disguise specialist. This guy fights or this girl fights with the was it the like handsaw? And yeah. Sakamoto very much just feels like, oh, he's just like a normal fighter, but he's really strong and really good. And then he realizes like, no, he's not a normal fighter. His thing is that. His weapon is whatever is his surroundings are or if you're using yeah. a weapon on him he will repurpose it for his like he actually does have a cool superpower kind of in this series but it's like i i never i didn't fully grasp it until that chapter in the flashback a couple of weeks ago where they're like oh yeah if if i fought him you know with no tools i could win but if he had anything he could do improvisational fighting with i absolutely lose so
1: he he is very much that guy from Fate Zero the Black Knight guy where everything he picks up is his weapon? That's his noble phantasm? That's um, uh, Sakamoto's power. It, just anything yeah, he touches is, is a weapon. Is, becomes his noble
0: phantasm, yep. yeah. I absolutely now need this crossover of fate and Sakamoto days. <laughs> Sakamoto gets to be, I don't know, Lancer, maybe?
1: I, I feel like he's too lucky for that. But, but yeah, and then it ends, yeah. of
0: course, with what we assumed, what we had been told in the past has happened, right? Which Sakamoto kills, uh, kills the bad guy, um... I didn't... I don't think I included the very last page. No, I didn't include the very last page. The very last page is really interesting because it flashes forward and shows the bad guy, and he says something along the lines of, I was just thinking about how you should always know what your last words are going to be because you never know when you're going to die. Because he's, like, embarrassed about what he said in the past here. Um,
1: Right. That's really good.
0: Yeah. Um, Also, yeah, I mean, again, I'm just, like... I cannot stress enough how good... Artistic choices are made in this chapter of close up of Sakamoto's face, close up of the bad guy's face, close up of Sakamoto's eyes, and then the sort of zoom out when he does the execute. Um, and again, this top left panel, uh, if you're watching the video, hopefully, um, Sakamoto looks like really pained. Like, this, is, again, there's like, Sakamoto I think shows more emotion in this one chapter than maybe like the rest of the series combined. Other than the couple times his family is threatened, he gets pretty angry. But other than that, yeah, I mean,. It,
1: it, it, it looks like like the final panel being pity is like perfect, and I think that's why a slur here is a, is ashamed as well. On top of that, um, I don't know. I, I a lot of good visual storytelling just all around. Yeah, great for chapter. Sure.
0: This is, I mean, we've. I it has already solidified itself as I'm Sakamoto Days is awesome. Uh, this is, it's just this is like top three in jump for me. Like almost every week now, I would say.
1: Uh, i'd agree i i think um yeah pretty easily top three i'd agree
0: yeah it's and if it's not in the top three it's like it's fourth always or something so yeah i mean it it does have a lot of competition but yeah i mean anything else on sakamoto days we of course have a lot to get to but
1: uh no i i just uh simple chapter great chapter
0: yeah the amazing climax emotional uh Super here's the thing about a good flashback, and we talked about this I think with Dan, to Dan. we did that last week or two weeks ago. Last week. Um with Dandadan Dan and with Sakamoto Days is when the climax or sorry, when the flashback is over, it now makes the current time you're in like even better. That is what a good flashback should do, right? Is you should mm-hmm. flashback, tell a small scale story, provide context to the current uh, the current time, and if you do that, it elevates the whole story, which is what I think both Danadan to and, Dan and Sakamoto Days did these past couple of weeks.
1: You know, after after the next heavy arc is completed and they find Akira and whatnot, I want to see a flashback with Sakamoto and his wife meeting. I want to see how that happened.
0: Yeah, that would be an interesting one. I bet yeah. that it's less uh, <laughs> dramatic than this, but...
1: Oh, I, I expect it to be just goofy or cute or something. Well,
0: I also wonder... Cause hasn't she shown that she's like also really strong or something? I'm trying to remember. The, I, I,
1: I think mentally. Or was that like,
0: that was that was Nagumo disguised as her? Maybe I'm thinking of. Yeah,
1: that was Nagumo disguised as her, and then Sakamoto disguised as her. But she is she is very weird because she's very accepting of assassin stuff. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah. I mean, she basically just said, "Don't kill." <laughs> yeah, just, no okay. killing. All right, talk to me about our other one of your other favorite actions from Jump. Talk to me about Mashle magic and muscles. This is chapter what is this? One fifty-seven. One fifty-seven.
1: Yeah, I, br- I bring Mashal in every now and again. Uh, it's not always the best thing in the universe, but it's usually a fun shitpost. I thought this one, this chapter especially, was pretty outstanding. So, to give context to any audio or uh, visual people watching this, uh, basically they are fighting the final boss, who is Mashal's dad, uh, Mash's dad, and his power is, he has like Darkness Blast basic Kamehameha's for the bad guy. But ultimately his power is he can just stop time or manipulate time.
0: This is literally uh the Dio fight at the end of Stardust Crusaders. <laughs> Dio I, also, I haven't seen it,
1: but I, I agree, I mean, there's no road roller. Very though.
0: minor spoilers for a series which literally came out thirty years ago, but the world, right, Dio stands. Zawaru, though. It's power is he can stop time for like six seconds, I think, at a time, five seconds. So
1: Yeah, so this guy is, is basically Dio, but he can he can just stop time. Indefinitely, yeah. he has space time control powers. And earlier, uh, a few chapters back, Mash said, "I can definitely beat him. Not even, not even a question. Mm-hmm. As long as I can get close to him." So they have like the old uh, villains become friends uh, generic plot line where everyone gets Mashal uh, Mash. I keep calling him Mashal. Mash to the villain, um, and he uses his finger <laughs> extensor magic, uh, which is just a, a a flick.
0: He just flicks. Yep.
1: Uh, on the, on the final boss, and go to the next one, uh, and he time stops it. Because time stops are just broken. Yeah. And then he gives his whole villain spiel where he's like, yeah, I can just stop time, bro. You, you had no chance. Good try, though. And it turns out, like, the flick worked, and the dude is bleeding out of his mouth and eyes. He, he makes yeah. himself, like, a bigger mouthful to spit out some <laughs> yeah, blood. I Love that. that. Uh and the fingers lodged right in his art. Yeah. And then he, essentially
0: next. it's like a from what I garnered from reading the the pictures you sent for me to add to the deck here was it Mash essentially like flicked he had 0.1 seconds which is what he said he needed to yeah. like beat a time stop guy or whatever and he like during that time he uses his finger extensor magic he just flicked his finger and that meant that when the guy time stopped and rushed up to him he was kind of planned ahead I guess and and got him so
1: Exactly. So, so like, the, the onus of how it works, how you beat someone who can literally <laughs> like a, manipulate the stop the time, down. is that in order for him to decide to stop time, the best human reaction speed to make a decision is 0.1 seconds, and in that 0.1 seconds where he decides to stop time, Mash sends a flick in into his chest uh, faster than a human can react, and that's how he beats the the person who can literally manipulate time is just through human reaction speed. And I think that is just very hype, very fun, and is the perfect way for someone with muscle powers to beat someone with unstoppable magic is just by reacting faster than anyone is capable of reacting to. Yeah, Uh, and that's
0: kind of the... That's kind of the M.A.S.H. special, right? Is that he's... He's very Saitama One Punch Man, where it's like, how strong is he? Exactly the strongest, fastest. You know, if muscles make things move faster, he's fast enough. If they make him jump high enough, he jumps higher. Um, that's exactly the the kind of thing Mashal is. So,
1: it it is uh literally a sp- like a speed blitz, you know, um, where p- this is how peak human can fight like a god is speed blitz them <laughs> because they still yeah. have re- like human reaction times. Uh, I love that. Uh, either way, that that was the end of that chapter. I thought it was a it was a very cool way to fight kind of like an unstoppable being like this because it did not feel like an asshole, and it yeah. fit with the theme of how Mash's powers work perfectly. Uh, so just really fun chapter overall.
0: Is uh, Mash winding down? Do you think the series is actually about to end? Yeah, 100%. You, you, um, and you think it's going to end it? You don't think there's going to be a second arc or another? No, I don't think
1: so. Hmm. I, I 100% do not think MASH is going to have more after this. Interesting. I wonder because. They wrapped up every storyline. Uh, this is the last one.
0: Okay, yeah. I also wonder because MASH got an anime last season or maybe winter. Um, and we did not see a huge boost in manga sales, at least from. What I've been tracking, right? I don't think Mash entered into the top ten while its manga was being published. Um, so that, yeah. I, I mean, on one hand, it sounds like the author is able to end this on his own terms. I don't think he's getting canned necessarily, but on the other hand, I do wonder. Uh, Jump has historically, if you get an anime and it doesn't boost sales enough, they will also cancel
1: you for that. So, I think this was naturally leading to an ending either way. I think um, that's and
0: I think that's very yeah. good. I also think that. I also think that most manga series should just be about this length, right? Like, about some... I mean, most manga, I think, should be somewhere between, like, two years to four years long, right? Somewhere between two years of publication is usually about 90 chapters. um, And then four years would be, you know, slightly less than 200. I would say somewhere between, like, 85 and 200 chapters is kind of the perfect length for a manga. Um,
1: I agree. Unless you're going for, like, a... yeah. A kingdom or a One Piece, then exactly. That's an it's
0: those are the rare ones, though. Things that are yeah. good past, uh, past those those times are generally not uh, not good. I mean, for instance, like Full Metal Alchemist is, I think, like 120 chapters. Monster, mm-hmm. which is amazing, is like 160. Like these are like these are the good amounts where it's it's long. You give people time to get into it and invested and continue with it. You get maybe one season of anime published while it's coming out, and then. It's over. I mean, even Demon Slayer, right? Demon Slayer was what? Maybe 250 chapters, something like that?
1: Um, yeah, it's like 100s or 200. Like was, Yeah, 180,
0: yeah. 190, something like that. I mean, Jujutsu Kaisen is kind of like right over that. I think Jujutsu Kaisen's on like 220, 225, something like that. So lots of things in this area. I also think that just a lot of things, once they start going, once they are sort of an unplanned free fall of, well, I'm just going to publish this forever, uh, just start losing quality. Um,
1: are we talking about... Hero Academia, are we naming and shaming here?
0: I mean, yeah, because we shame it often, almost every week. Because, I mean, I would say My Hero Academia was good for, like, was good to decent for, like, maybe about 150 chapters, right? Like, yeah. all the first arc, all the forest training stuff. Because I think about 150 chapters is right about when uh, you get the big All Might versus uh, one, All for One.
1: Yeah, it it stopped being good after that I'd say probably around it had moments though um but i think the 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 symptom here right it, that we're talking about is that stuff like one piece um uh builds its world and builds plot lines while it is telling other stories so they have a lot to do and a lot set up afterwards while hero academia still has these like s- same plot lines and stories built up but it doesn't build the structure to get there. So yeah. it, it it feels all thrown together at the same time.
0: Yeah. So the the arc that I mentioned in My Hero, the all-for-one versus one-for-all thing, that happens, it ends at chapter 94. And I would say the next arc after that is still okay in My Hero, which, you know, is 20 or 30 chapters, again, right, about 120, 130 chapters. And then it kind of drastically falls off in quality. So, yeah, I just, there's just something about I mean I think and I think it's I don't know if it's human nature or if it's just how we've developed reading books and TV series and whatever, but there is sort of a a size, a consumption size of a story that is good for most people and that is good for a storyteller and that is consumable and uh, able to be executed on. Um, for instance, you don't people don't really make. You know, people don't plan to make miniseries that are 30 hours long, right? They make four or eight hour miniseries. They make two to three hour movies. Um, The size of a story is important. And in manga, where you don't really know what the size of your story is, I think there is a a goal, a sort of sweet spot where you can introduce something at the start or near the start and go through it and then resolve it by the end. Ah, I will put forward, chainsaw man part one as sort of like a perfect i think chainsaw man part one is like 97 chapters or 94 chapters or something that is like the perfect encapsulation of the things introduced in the first two or three chapters are all sort of worked through with other arcs and they're all resolved by the end chainsaw man could have just ended after the first arc and it still would have been excellent part two i'm also still loving um and i part two seems to have the same trajectory and i would guess that it's going to be about the same length so
1: I well, you know, I think I think things can be variable length as long as you're not doing, it's not you know, in Tom and Jerry where where they're on a train and tro- Tom is like putting the tracks in front <laughs> yes. of him as yes. the train I, is I going. Know exactly, what we're talking about. As, as long as you're not doing that, I feel like you could you could maybe extend it a bit longer in a natural way. But if you are doing that, which a lot of people do, and um, I was about to say,
0: and I think that is yeah. the big problem with manga is that a lot of authors, after you know, you'll think about something, you'll have a year or two of good planned you know writing arcs to go through and then after that you're like well i didn't plan anything past this and you're yeah putting that track in front of your train as you move fuck all the other manga one piece was crazy good this week Um, oh
1: yeah it was this
0: is one piece 1085 this is uh this is major spoilers so if you are not cut up on one piece and you mind uh pretty deep one piece spoilers um this is not for you. If you are reading One Piece or you don't mind spoilers, this is going to be a fun conversation. The title of this chapter is The Death of Nefertari de Cobra. Or, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I was going to put the title in like the intro thing and I was like, no, I can't do that. The title's a spoiler. <laughs> so, um, man, uh,
1: let's... I I actually wow. didn't even notice this chapter title. Mm-hmm. I re- I very much remember, before we get into the chapter, I very much remember telling you when you were reading One Piece to not read the chapter titles because in the list is one of them is called the death of port Gus D. ace i think and i remember yeah yeah it's just such a huge spoiler
0: <laughs> which i was actually lucky enough that uh, that was not spoiled for me when i got there um oh, good right. I, was, I
1: was hoping it wouldn't be
0: yeah there's not a whole lot like that but uh um, yeah boy what uh, so much ha- happened in the chapter i think uh,
1: L- let me let me try to give a really abridged version sure sure and just just know that this is going to be missing details um Effectively, we are in we are ending reverie, uh, and a Cobra is uh, the leader of alabasta, is in front of uh, the five elders, the Gorosei, who lead the world. And it is revealed last chapter that this mysterious shadowy figure named Im, Imu, however you say it, uh, is the true leader of the world, sitting on a throne, which, when the world, was, world government was originally created, no, everyone agreed no one should sit on it, for equality reasons. But she has been sitting on it this whole time, leading the world from the shadows. And uh, Cobra is just finding out that this is the case, uh, as she kind of showed herself, and that's where we are right now. Yeah. And now we can talk about Th- well, let's start... I mean,
0: I wrote down a bunch of just, like, question stuff, but let's start with one that... Because you referenced him as a she, do we... Is that confirmed? Do we know that this, this... Do we know the sex gender of this character? I feel like we don't. I, I also do think that it presents, generally looks kind of female. Um, I also think that would be more interesting, but who knows?
1: I... I just made that assumption, so I'm not sure. Yeah,
0: I think a lot of people do. I think a lot of theorists and, and guessers, uh, me included. I think this is. I think this is a, a female character, but uh, honestly, no idea. Yeah, yeah. this is. Uh, what's the first? I'm trying to think. We'll just go in order. What's the first big reveal here? Um, we reveal that Am I guess knows. Uh, knows about the nefertari, the pat, the past ancestor of Vivi and Cobra I can't remember what, what his first name was uh, uh, I guess Nefertari n- is his last name right yeah so uh,
1: yeah yeah I, I, and I, I think the, to answer that question I think the first big reveal is that in the past uh, the moniker D is uh, as Im says is the ancient enemy that they fought against and somewhat erased, they, she mentions, uh, or I'll say they, they mention that um, the, it was their ancient enemy, and the current uh, remnants of whatever D is... Right, current uh, people are with
0: the middle name, quote-unquote, D, the D will of D.
1: Have no idea what the true meaning of D is, and they're more of like an echo of what they used to be.
0: Yes. So... That leads us to the question, and I, I posted to you this because I read I read the little spoiler blurb for it. That's what got me thinking about it. Um, my theory, and this is, everyone's got a wild theory about One Piece. My theory is the will of D is the will of... I'm trying to think of how to say it. Dragon? I'm just going to say D stands for dragon. That's the start of it. Because the celestial dragons are... Sort of the a, the ruling one percent class of One Piece. Um, I think the Celestial Dragons stole that name from original, actual dragon people, dragon pe- given dragon name people. I, I I don't know exactly how this all fits together. That's that's the way that a theory works, but um, I could. I think that. I think the idea that. The Celestial Dragons deserve to rule, and the will of D being sort of the will of the original dragons. And because, again, we don't really know what happened during the Void Century, right? That's, the, that's one of the big, big mysteries of One Piece. My guess is that because an Oda, I think, ties all these things together, and I think he chooses very simple... There isn't a whole lot of complex things when we get flashbacks like this, right? Um, it's usually a pretty simplistic way to tie things together. And I think one of the easiest and most simplistic ways to tie together the Void Sentry and the Will of D is that essentially the Celestial Dragons rose after the Void Sentry's over, Celestial Dragons are in power. So my guess is before the Void Sentry stuff, there's obviously a struggle. I think that's been mentioned a lot that there's, you know, they obviously fought about something, Um the fighting was essentially the celestial dragons taking the 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 quote unquote will of D, the will of the dragons, and saying, This is ours now, or maybe one of the dragons rebelled or something, and they'd say we're the celestial dragons, and you are just the other dragons, the other dragon, will of D, whatever. Um so the erasure thing is basically gonna be a oh, those who have the moniker D are the true rulers of the world. And I think what we learn in this chapter about the Nefertari family lines up with that. Which is why I think this is a good theory. Because one of the next reveals we get, um, Im asks about. Do we have it in there? I don't remember if I. I don't think we have this page in here. But uh, Im asks uh, Cobra is talking about. Who was ancient, his ancient ancestor who left him a letter or something, right? And says, yeah. Oh, that, like, that wasn't her full name. What was her full name? And he goes, Oh, she had the initial d i also have the initial d yeah it all just it all just ties together of okay so the past you know the the past ruler who didn't go along with the celestial dragons had the will of d maybe that's related to it now the co the nefertari still have the will of d luffy's got it all these important people who and i think part of the uh theory that i sent to you that i also think reinforces this is that Literally, I think every single person we know in current timeline One Piece with the moniker D has been anti world government and anti celestial dragons. So,
1: yes, go up and I, but I also think it's because the celestial dragons kind of or the world government just tries to fucking murk them. Uh, real quick, uh, uh, right before that, basically, Im said that Queen Lily uh who was who was brought up a second ago uh fucked up made a big blunder and uh threw the ponte glyphs their their biggest mistake their biggest failing all over all over the world for people to find and started yeah. off the whole onus of the story in the first place and she is asking cobra is it was it was it a mistake or was this intentional mm-hmm. and cobra in the next chapter, or next page, reveals that her name was a, a Queen Nefertari D. Lily. Yeah. Which indicates, yes, it was a master plan. Uh, it wasn't a fuck-up, it wasn't a blunder. And even yeah. gets really pissed off.
0: Yeah, also, can we talk about real quick, I love the very bottom section of this page.
1: With the clocks. Where,
0: yeah, where the Garose are all, like, pulling out their weapons at the same time. Like, that's a yeah. cool, that's very... um it's very like end of Godfather, end of Godfather Part 2. Like uh, it's yeah. very it's just a very cool panel for Oda right here.
1: I love that. Uh and then Im-, Im impales uh Cobra's leg with an arrow. With an like arrow like a shadow or? A shadow. So arrow and
0: motion. here's so here's the next question. Um M has a devil fruit. I'm gonna make that assumption. I'm gonna state that as fact, although we do not know. I, this does not have the traditional sort of crackling electricity that uh the other power, which I'm forgetting because there's so much stuff in one piece that I can't keep it all straight what's the like uh, black electric crackling reinforcement oh, uh yeah hockey hockey yeah this does not look like a hockey ability this looks like a devil fruit or something um do you have any guesses or predictions of what devil fruit Im might have?
1: Um, I don't think it's a devil fruit. I think with this, it it seems like a devil's tail. And it's called a devil fruit for a reason. So mm-hmm. I imagine she might be like the progenitor of these powers. Oh, yeah. You're,
0: yeah. You're hitting on the same theory that I read that I liked, which was maybe the reason they are called devil fruits is that one of the original or first ones that people experienced was a devil fruit, right? Was mm-hmm. a the fruit of the power of the devil. Um, and they said, oh my gosh, that is a devil fruit. And then you, someone has a fire powers, and they go, oh, that's also a devil fruit. It's just fire. Um, mm-hmm. Again, I think Oda's really good at his world building and making things very simple. Uh, even when things kind of are mysterious and seem complicated, I think he almost always returns to simplicity to explain things. I think it would make a lot of sense for M, this supposedly at least eight hundred year old person who has been ruling for that long, who I'm gonna assume has a devil fruit to have a, you know, it. Now it might be just called like oh, you know, X type devil fruit version, you know, version devil or version Satan or something like that. It could be like that, but this this to me reads like um, yeah, like like it's like the devil's pointed tail is the attack that she uses. Or that they use, um, yeah. I, I think that's a cool theory. Yeah, and I'm, I, I'm behind I,
1: I, it. Yeah, I think I think that one might be legitimate. Um, either way, uh, very cool moment here on the page. What what we're seeing is uh, Cobra reveals that her name was Nefertari Nefertari de Lily gets stabbed, and then Sabo pops in and uh, tries to one shot the whole crew. Uh, with his fire powers, which I love, it's just um, it's in anime you'd see someone come in and be like, "Let's talk about this real quick, then fight." But Sabo just shows up and tries to in- assassinate the whole Gorosei in one go.
0: Yeah, well, and this also, I mean, this is really cool because this connects back to was it like maybe almost a year ago that we saw the island get nuked because the government was looking for Sabo and thought that Sabo was on that one island. Um, yeah. And I remember at the time people thinking, and even thinking, like, okay, like, Sabo's a revolutionary, but, like, he's not, they're not, like, a nuking dragon from Orbit. Like, and dragon's the leaders of the revolutionary. Um, and even the idea that he killed, I mean, clearly the idea that he killed Cobra was a lie. And so, but even covering up their reason for, like, nuking an island with that, this, to me, ties that, ties together with that perfectly, right? They, I Why think, Why they know, want to kill Sabo, Yeah. Yeah, they know, I think, that Sabo overheard the things they were talking about, and they also know, sort of, we'll see at the end of the chapter, that um, Cobra gives him, like, a message to bring to mm-hmm. Luffy and whoever else, uh, I think, VV. I guess, to Luffy and Dragon, or Vivi, yeah, yeah, Uh Luffy and Vivi. And it's like, I understand now why they are very, where they're very adamant why they were chasing Sabo down, uh, like, why they literally nuked an island because they thought Sabo was on it, Um very cool. Also, I have to point out in this top left panel here where Sabo is using his fire thing and has this staff, very uh Monkey King, very Wukong esque.
1: I didn't even realize what you mentioned. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah it just struck
0: sick. me it struck me as very yeah, very very Wukong G- Goku kind of uh style here. Hey guys, Bruce here. Just piping in real quick to let you know that Gautam lost a little bit of his audio recording. Uh, luckily, I do have a master recording, so there shouldn't be too many interruptions. It shouldn't change too much. He might be a little bit quieter until the end of the episode, but uh, just the last twenty or twenty-five minutes here uh, might sound a little bit different. In case you notice that, thanks a lot. Let's get back to the episode. Also, right, man, look. I the Go crazy. Ahead. Oh, I, don't know, I was just gonna say real quick, Oda can do some of the craziest things with character designs. All we have seen of him of is a very thin black outline with a crown and then their eyes. And their eyes already, to me, are like iconic. Like you can, if you, if I see those eyes on any other character, it's like, oh, that means something. Uh, it's a very cool little piece of character design to have the sort of double concentric circles in the eyes. And I love the, the bottom left, though, like, where did this come from when they get mad? And it like goes really stylized and stuff. That's very cool.
1: Love this. I, I do like that Im is very short-tempered and very egotistical, and you can you can parse that part already. Uh, but yeah, yeah, cool stuff. Uh, what's on the next page? Yeah. And uh, after Sabo uh, incinerates the Gorosei, they turn into these weird shadow amalgam creatures. Uh, I have to assume that the literal shadow government here is <laughs> just creations from Im. Like I, I have to imagine the Gorosei is just Im's creation.
0: Yeah. So that's how I read it. And then I read some of the comments and they thought differently. So tell me how you feel about this. This is another little uh, point that I that I had written down. Um, I I read this like you read this. To me, this is Im using their power to take control or power up or unlock some kind of thing in the in the five elders in the in the Gorose here. Uh, other people seem to think that this was the Garose awakening, maybe not awakening, the Garose using their own individual powers and this is Oda just sort of covering it up or blacking it out because he doesn't want to reveal their full designs yet, which I could see that. I could see either one being true. Um, To me, when I first read it, yeah, to me when I first read it, I very much thought this was Im's power again, but who knows?
1: Uh, I think it is because the Garose haven't said anything since they transformed, only it Mm -hmm. feels like at least. And uh, to me, it's just, it feels naturally like a natural progression that it was just puppeting this whole thing from the get go.
0: Yeah. It also, I mean, the. Uh, just this top panel here looks like. It's like it, uh, the eyes, the sort of empty big eyes in the background behind the say really seem to imply that this is like that's controlling them or influencing mm-hmm. them somehow. I don't know. I could see it going either way. This isn't. I, I don't really care which way this goes. It could be either way, but it, it's, it's an interesting uh, theory to think of.
1: Um, But this brings up the point, what does Shanks know? Because he had a private conversation with them at a crucial arc that has not been revealed whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm curious, like, how much of this does Shanks know?
0: Well, and Shanks is also said to be, how did they put it? Like, he's, like, in good with the Celestial Dragons? He's, like, a pirate that they like or something like that, right? Right. So yeah, it's interesting. I I think the is I think is the prevailing theory there that Shanks is at least part celestial dragon, or potentially a celestial dragon, who is also I, a pirate. I, We've seen this happen before, right? I, I, yeah. Uh Don Quixote is was a celestial dragon who was a pirate and a warlord and all that jazz. So
1: And I, I also okay, not to bring up Shanks as a bad guy theory, because I don't think he's a bad, bad guy but he only seems to take action when people with the name D are involved like he only mm. changed the war after Ace died he only influenced the war right after Ace died and he only yeah. decided to go after the one piece after Luffy defeated Kaido and Big Mom uh that's when he wonder- decided to set up so i i'm wondering there has to be something there
0: yeah i just don't I, know what it is i'm i'm going down the i'm going down the stage that shanks is not a bad guy but i do think shanks is a i do think he is a celestial dragon or has celestial dragon blood and i think that he will reveal that to luffy at a time where luffy says i'm taking down the celestial dragons and shanks will go well i'm one of them what are you going to do about that and luffy Mm -hmm. is going to be like i said what i said let's go motherfucker
1: um i i assume if that is how it goes then shanks is hoping to be beaten
0: I think so. I think it's I, Shanks to me feels more like a, I'm going to play the role of the sort of last blocker to the One Piece because that's a role that the the dragons and M and the ruling class all think I should be playing. They think that I'm on their side or they think that I'm not a threat to them. And if I sort of present myself as a as a blocker and then Luffy beats me, ha ha, oh well. And he's more kinda of happy with it, but he can't I think I think the I think the pressure, twist, interesting thing here is probably that Shanks um doesn't feel like he can directly go against the Celestial Dragons, even though he doesn't agree even though he is much more on Luffy's side of thinking of freedom and they're clearly the bad guys. I think Shanks knows all of that, but I think he cannot something is keeping him from just saying I'm a pirate, I'll fight against you also, you know, blah blah blah. And I don't know what that is. Maybe it's because like, oh, his parents are actually good people, even mm-hmm. though they're celestial dragons. There's gotta be some celestial dragons that are good. I think I think that we'll meet before the end of the series. My guess is that it's Shanks's family. Uh Shanks
1: isn't for that. Like he said to Whitebeard, uh, he's like, What happened to your arms? Like, I bet it on the next generation. Mm-hmm. And if he is the strongest pirate in the world and can just go grab the one piece, why is he why would he say he bet it on the next generation like he couldn't do mm. it? Um A good I don't point, know. Yeah. There, there is something there. You're right. Uh, yeah, there is something
0: right there. Who knows who knows what it is? Um my guess is Shanks is connected to this the to, I'm gonna guess Celestial Dragons like very directly. I'm gonna say probably I, bloodline
1: related. I think you're right. I think you're right on that. But uh we will see, and if we're right, then let's let's brag about it.
0: Yeah. So okay, next next interesting reveal. Um The message that Cobra gives to Sabo to deliver to Vivi and Luffy is, the Poneglyphs must be protected. Fly the flag that heralds the world's eventual dawn. Nefertari Delili. What does this mean?
1: Uh, Fly that fucking shitty straw hat flag that Luffy drew a while ago. Um, I I think it'll be that flag. It's a straw hat flag. It's iconic, right?
0: I I'm gonna, I give that over under that's like 85% I think it's a straw hat flat flag. I do think I do think the wording here is very explicit. I think the dawn and the dawn being related to uh Luffy's dragon Flute, the the sun god
1: uh
0: romance dawn sunny. there's the su- I yeah. mean there is yeah I there were a lot of theories before the reveal of gear 5 of why the... What's what's the name of the sun god? I'm forgetting now. Sun god Nika. Nika, yeah. The sun, There's a lot of sun god Nika theories and stuff about... One, sort of connected to all of this imagery and about romance dawn, about dawning, new dawn, and here it comes up again, right? The, the sun rising, the sun god rising is the dawn. And it all connects together, and Luffy is literally the sun god, right? So
1: effectively and and the world is kind of run by shadows so it, mm-hmm. it's it just makes sense uh but yeah uh, that stuff is pretty cut and dry i feel it's, it's
0: cut and guy but it feels it's very satisfying that 1, very 1085 satisfying, yeah. chapters in after countless theories um oda can still drop something i mean the cool thing is that it The flag that heralds, I mean, if you would just say, oh, fly the flag that heralds the world's change, it's like, okay, yeah, we know what that means, that's cool, but like using the word dawn here, it like invokes all of that other stuff. Like, to me, like using the word dawn, it ties it more directly to Luffy than any other word. Maybe like, rising sun, or like, you could have literally said, fly the flag that heralds Nico the sun god's return. Maybe that's more direct, but like Dawn is second most direct. So.
1: No, no, th- this is perfect. You're right. It's very mm. satisfying. And there's like the Sun Pirates who freed slaves, you know, like... Yeah, th- there's tons just, of it, it in here. It all leads to it, yeah. There's
0: more we're leaving out. I I will reread one piece maybe someday, um, and I'm looking forward to, to picking up on all of that kind of stuff that's left behind yeah. there. Um, I think I cut out the piece, but the next... Uh, let me see what's on our list here.
1: I, I love that. <laughs> I, yeah, I cut out a lot of the... Uh, Vivi stuff, even though it's good. Um, but the next panel that's not on the screen is Wapple looking through a peephole
0: mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and
1: catching all of this conversation and they notice him. And uh the final page is Vivi got kidnapped by a cypher pole yeah. and Wapple just barrels through a wall and uh Because he's freaking out, they're trying to murk him. Yeah. And uh carries him and Vivi. Vivi uh, just grabs on and, and he's just r- trying to get the fuck away.
0: Yeah, this is I mean this is the joy of one piece is the first 60% of this chapter is hyper serious, you know, overthrow the government, dark shadow darkness, bad main bad guy killing, you know, one of the good kings, blah blah blah. And then it's just like the last I don't know 6 or 7 pages is like Walpole this goofy ass guy who is literally? I mean, maybe we see him saw him since then, but he originally came from Drum Island, which is like yeah. chapter like one hundred and forty or something. It's been like nine hundred chapters since this character was introduced, and now they're like a key.
1: Um, he, he's buggy light, like he's one of the shithead yeah. villains yeah. that is just caught up in in stuff way too big for him, and I love that.
0: Yeah. I do wonder. Um, um, I do wonder. What is Waples' part in all of this? Is it just to tell Vivi what he saw so that she knows? Is he? Some people are talking about him going to uh, Morgan's, the bird reporter dude, to to say what he saw. You know, as a as a first first account witness or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. This is this is the part that's a little bit less uh, less sure of because this is more of the wild Oda One Piece writing where it's like. You're not going to predict what's going next, because no one, a lot of the comments here were talking about, like, I would not have called Wapol being crucial to the key of the sort of climax end of One Piece, but here he is, and here I we are. I love it.
1: I love it. Yeah. We love to see it. And uh, I think, yeah, it's impossible to predict. He it, It's just there to get Vivi out of this situation. Uh, but who, who knows what happens? Um, one thing I, I, I did cut out of here, but I wanted to bring up is that uh, CP9 was telling BB what was happening with Reverie, and uh, the Straw Hat Grand Fleet pirates uh, beat the shit out of the Celestial Dragons, and then bragged about it, uh, stating their name and crew, so True. the Straw Hats are already responsible for ruining Reverie, uh, which is great, uh, and there is also the fight between the two emperors, of the, or not emperors, um, gosh, what are they? The commanders you know uh, I mean? admirals Fuji- yeah admirals admirals yeah, um, Fuji- Fuji- Fujitora
0: and, and the green the- bull yeah green Bull. i was like the plant dude yeah because, yeah there uh, was a panel here that was funny that people were talking about where it's like Fujitora like accidentally frees a bunch of slaves because or something i don't i don't even remember the context of that but it happened
1: he, he dropped a meteor and they're like hey don't drop a meteor here green bull said and he dropped a meteor and accidentally freed a bunch of slaves which quote-unquote accident? Fujitora is just a good guy.
0: Yeah. Fujitora is chaotic good, I think for sure. Yeah. So, I
1: I actually think he might be the most lawful good in this series because he just does yeah. the right thing regardless. That's kind of, of true. Of, yeah. 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 Is uh, lawful good
0: and we're not what the world government tells him to do. They kind of tell him where yeah. to go, and then he does what he thinks is right when he gets
1: there. So exactly. Uh, love that character.
0: Cool. Um, what do we got? Will of D. We talked about talked about Emu. We talked about Kurose and their powers. Uh, anything else you want to talk about on One Piece here?
1: Uh no. I think I think we actually succinctly covered all of it.
0: Yeah, we actually went through it. I think it helps that <laughs> we're assuming you are caught up on the rest of what's happened because there's a lot of other stuff going on here. Um, Sabo. I, I mean, this last thing to talk about would be Sabo's situation. What is Sabo's role? Does Sabo um, have the will of D because he chose uh, to have it? There's a that minor flashback in this chapter, right? Of or maybe it was last chapter. One. Where he's talking to Luffy and Ace, who both had D had the Will of D already. Um so yeah, I Sabo's kind of a wild card to me. I'm not sure where he fits into all this.
1: I I don't think he does, but I think he's also like I'm not discounting him as Luffy and Ace's brother. He definitely is, yeah. but I d I don't know how the will of D works, so I can't say if he has it now. <laughs> but I don't no, think but he so. really does, so Yeah. You can
0: only guess. Cool. I mean, yeah. Go go read One Piece. Crazy Good This Week. Um I how long until we get back to what Luffy is doing? I mean, we remember we left we left uh Vegapunk what on his island, like in the middle of the climax. We have been flashing this is a flashback also, I guess.
1: Um We're like a side side flash. I don't We even flash not, I mean
0: there's another good flashback, right? This this one Sakamoto oh, this days, dandadan. Dan. Yeah. This is a flashback cuz this is what happened in Reverie however long yeah. I don't know how long ago cuz time That's right, cause Sabo's with Dragon movies.
1: and shit right now. Um yeah. I think, Sabo got home think, to
0: Dragon. He's telling the story, right? Is what's happening here?
1: True. Yes. Yeah. I think we either flash back to Dragon or we flash back to uh Vega Punk Island.
0: Next, I am I think next, next chapter might be Vega Punk again.
1: It's been a while.
0: It'll be interesting either way, or or it might be. It might be like you said. We might flash back to Dragon in the last last half or last couple pages. Will be back. Will show us. Oh, we're going back to Luffy and everybody else now. And the Straw Hats. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, One Piece is crazy good. This this is a okay, huge yeah. huge lore drop chapter. Um, <laughs> we'll see you in three months when we talk about One Piece again.
1: Uh, yeah. Cool. Uh, ho- hopefully, nothing insane happens. Like even more insane happens in the meantime. So we can meet our three month quota, but yeah. we will I mean,
0: see. We if skip, it goes too skip, crazy, let's
1: just, we'll break our rules.
0: Yeah, we didn't skip too much crazy, crazy stuff in between. I'm trying to think of what happened. I mean, there was like, no, because the last stuff we did, I was on like Buggy and Blackbeard and that was that chapter. So it's actually been it was, like three yeah. months since we've seen Luffy and his crew. Because the last time we covered it, it wasn't about Luffy and stuff, was it? it was about It was about the Blackbeard stuff and the...
1: Yeah, the cross guild stuff. Cross
0: guild yeah. and all that jazz. So yeah. Cool. Well, cool. One piece rocks. Yeah. Uh hey,
1: One Piece fucking rocks. Great yeah. to talk about it.
0: Uh what else are we doing this week? I'll start with mine. Um I got a rower, a water rower. It's pretty cool. I also want to talk about a little series I mentioned that uh you were not reading this. This is a I guess this is like a Yandere Yandere loves thing. Um this is called My Girlfriend Gives Me Goosebumps by Shunsuke Ino. Um, This is a weird little thing that's been published. Like, I think there's only three or four chapters. Um, I wanted to bring it up because I don't really know where else it would fit. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's essentially a guy who is so, is like very bored with life and nothing makes his heart beat very fast. Um, He like will go and ride roller coasters and he's very like numb. But. He, like, runs into this girl one night and, like, saves her from a dude, like, attacking her. And, like, makes his heart race. And he's like, ooh, ooh, that was fun. Cool. And so he remembers her. And then, like, a year later, she shows up at his school and, like, starts essentially, like, stalking him. Like, very much stalking him. And then another girl comes and tells the main guy that's like, listen, she's fucking crazy. Like, she, like, stalked me at my last school Knew everything about me, like planted bugs on me, did all this crazy wild shit. And as he's, as the other girl is telling the main character this, his heart is beating fast. He's like, "Hell yeah, I'm gonna let this girl stalk me and be a yandere because this makes my life exciting." And so I don't remember if he goes and confesses or if she confessed to him, and he's like, "Yes, I will date you." And she's like, "What the fuck?" Um. Anyways, it's a weird little series, but I wanted to plug it because I think it's kind of interesting. Um. It's an interesting take on the sort of yandere because it's like the guy is like encouraging it and enjoys it, but also doesn't it like pays attention. He's like, okay, she like planted a bug in my room, and that's not good, and blah blah blah. Or it's like she he he can like see through all of her lies already. So it's it's interesting, I think, because it is a the main character is like sort of conscious of what kind of character he's dealing with. That he's dealing with this kind of hyper aggressive. I will murder you if you leave me type of character Um, and he enjoys it in a sense but also is like but I don't want to die so I don't know it's a really interesting little series it's only like three chapters right now so Uh, go give it a read I think it's on it's on manga plus Uh, it's probably
1: toxic relationship it's who would you Super say is more toxic in that in that in that circumstance? Who is the girl. The more
0: toxic? I okay. It's not even close. Maybe the way I'm describing it, the guy seems a little bit more toxic. This no, the girl awful. is like, the girl has like. I'm trying to think of the, the thing she done. The girl like purposely set up to run into his mother over the past like year, like repeatedly, and so he in the last chapter like brings brings his girlfriend home. And, and the mom is like, oh my gosh, I know you. You're so you're so wonderful. What are you doing here with my son? And it's like, we're dating. It's like, oh wow, I love that because you're such a wonderful girl because we I've run into you so many times, ha accidentally. And the girl is like, nope, set that all up. Um, she like shows up at his house. Ha- she like doesn't know where he, or the guy has not told her where he lives. She like shows up a day after they start dating in front of his house before school to walk to school together. She lives like on the other side of town. She is, like, the most wild, crazy, insane person in the world. Um, I think that I, I like this just because the MC is kind of, like, like aware in the same way that the reader is aware of, like, this girl is fucking crazy, and I know that I know that none of this is a coincidence. I know that she's planned all of this, and he can see through it. And so it's kind of interesting to see how are the characters going to navigate this situation when the guy knows the girl is fucking crazy, and the girl is absolutely still just going to act crazy and do wild and crazy things. And where is it going to go? I don't know. It's, it's fun and interesting in in a way that I like. So
1: here's my, and I haven't read this and here's my argument, uh, my devil's advocate argument to why the guy might be worse is because she is doing like things that will probably get her to murder someone one day. Right. And he's enabling it because he has a serotonin balancing issue and he decided not to go to a psychiatrist and do this instead. Like, uh, Holy shit, that's wild. Uh, that sounds actually kind of fun. I might read that.
0: It's only three chapters. It's a super light investment. I give it a read. You you may or may not like it as much as I do. I read it. And it's I don't know. It's fun and silly and wild. And I something about the main character again, like I said, being aware like the reader is makes it more interesting because usually the dare thing the guy's like oh. I guess you did just happen to know where I live from some random coincidence, or I guess you did just happen to meet my mom. And it's like, no, this guy's like, this was planned. You planted a bug in my room. I know that you planned this all out. None of this is an accident. And the girl tries to play it all off like an accident. And, yeah, I don't, it's truly really fun. So,
1: uh, On my end, I actually, I don't got much. I just played a ton of Zelda. Yeah. I, I truly, I think I know life to more than anyone I know. I, I mean, I took a week off at
0: of work for it, but
1: yeah. Yeah, I, I've, I've also slowed been... down
0: the last week just because I had other things to do. But
1: yeah, no, totally. I I have not, so uh, it, it's been crazy. Uh, I am still very much enjoying the game. I think it uh, it's hard to be a game after I have just played Elden Ring and still be an apple in my eyes. But Zelda has managed, so great job, Zelda. It's so good. You're fucking great.
0: It's so good.
1: Uh, cool. but
0: yeah that's all i got awesome uh yeah i mean a little bit of a shorter episode even though it was one piece but i'm i'm down with it i think we covered it pretty succinctly mm-hmm. thank you everyone for listening or watching don't forget to check out the youtube channels white gray black for more uh condensed it, content uh and don't forget the podcast channel is wgb weekly manga podcast you can search either of those on youtube and they should appear at or near the top um if you just want to listen to us as a podcast, we are on all the major podcast providers. If you want to support us, the best thing you can do is give us a like or a follow or the little bell um, on the podcast distributor or YouTube of your choice. Whatever positive reinforcement they offer, go and do them. That's the best way to support us. Uh, we don't really want your money. Uh, any, we really just want 90 minutes of your time every week. Uh, so just, you know, press a single button, best thing you can do. Uh, If you do really want to help out, head on over to the Patreon at patreon.com slash WGBmanga where you can hear some bonus episodes we've got. Um, But again, just giving us more eyes and ears is a great way to support us. It's free and it's low effort. Um, Check me out on Twitter at WGBmanga if you want to suggest something or chat with me about what we've talked about on the episode Um, or leave a comment in the YouTube comments. It's another great way. As always, uh, thank you so much for being with us this week. Thanks for sitting through our our One Piece talks and, and everything else.
1: Yeah, it was a blast. Goodbye, everyone.
0: Don't forget to read more manga.